The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Have you noticed that no matter how hard you try to release attachments, heal traumas, and change your life, you still feel as if you don't belong? There is a reason and a solution for this. Join award-winning actor, comedian, and best-selling author Kyle Cease and learn how to immerse yourself in a new way of being at From Lonely to Free, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org thrive. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to A Guided Life Podcast, where we talk about all things spirit and life. I'm your host, Laura West. Through a mix of solo and interview episodes, I want to showcase all the different ways the spirit world helps guide our daily lives, whether it's through intuition, signs, mediumship, channeling, the mystical, or the paranormal. Our altruistic spirit guides and other members of our loving soul team are always there, ready, able, and willing to guide us. My guest today is Lauren Smith, combining her own personal success story with her professional mindfulness training. Lauren empowers singles to ditch the dating struggle and claim the loving relationship they so deeply deserve. She is the author of the Mindful Dating Journal, Find a Healthy Love That Lasts, host of the Date and Peace podcast and creator of the MetaDate Journal mobile app. Hello, Lauren. Thanks so much for being here today. Hey, Laura. I am overjoyed to be with you today. Oh, I'm so excited too. Well, to get us started, I wanted to first ask you, how has spirit helped guide your life? Oh my God, we need like 10 episodes for this. (laughs) Well, I was born so incredibly lucky because for whatever reason, I'm able to channel spirit. I'm pretty sure I'm channeling collective consciousness. For example, this week at the time of this recording, we've been going through the 8-8... Lionsgate portal. And for about seven days now, every single morning, I've been able to sit and channel, like, what the hell is going on? (laughs) What downloads are coming through today? What do I need to do? And they send me basically a daily mantra in my meditation. Thankfully, because I've had the skill since I was in college, it has really been the foundation for all of the work that I've done making this mindful dating journal and these products to help other people to truly just connect with that inner awareness. Because even if you are listening and you're like, that's not fair, I'm not a channel, you still have an inner guiding light that if you listen, you make space and you learn the skills of how to connect with that. It's got so much data and information that'll keep you safe when you date and it'll help you to figure out when it's time to cut and run or to double down on a particular human. Ooh, I love that. So What drew you to the line of work and concentration that you're in now with the dating stuff? Mm -hmm. It's been one of the main struggles of my life. I have not only had some struggles with anxiety and depression, but all those things then compounded the struggles that I felt just in general connecting with people. 
I really didn't have any healthy friendships. And when it came to romantic relationships, I felt like I kept getting into situations that were toxic. And even though I'd be like, okay, I know what happened. I know what I did wrong. That's never going to happen again. It would happen again and again and again, the same things. Finally, I got dumped during the beginning of the pandemic. Well, I don't like to say I got dumped because I don't want to put a negative spin on it, but things parted ways. The pattern showed up again. And I was like, okay, here I am in solitude. This is my chance to understand what is the pattern. Obviously, it's me. I'm choosing it. So let me just take a good hard look at myself. It was a mindfulness overload in the pandemic. And I don't know if that was an amazing thing or a blessing or a curse. Obviously, it's a blessing. (laughs) But I essentially just started to record every decision. I looked at every past relationship until I was able to see, okay, it's not that there's anything wrong with me. It's just that. I didn't have the awareness that I could choose something else, that I'm safe if I choose something else. So I think a lot of the things that I overcame in this life is just learning how to feel safe in my own skin. Wow. That's an incredible revelation that you finally came to. I think just the revelation alone of looking at the relationships that you've had more introspectively that, okay, I'm noticing a pattern here and I'm the common denominator, (laughs) right? Whereas these partners are the variables. So there must be something that I need to look at within me to figure out what's going on. I think that takes a lot of humility and amazing insight to be able to tweak that thinking to then look at it from that perspective. Because I think a lot of people... I'm totally generalizing here, but I think that a lot of people don't want to admit that they're at fault. No, and I don't blame them. Yeah, right. So I'm curious for you to have made that shift of, okay, what is it about me? What was the catalyst to drive that thinking? Mm -hmm. Well, it was a very specific moment in that relationship that ended right at the beginning of COVID. It just so happened that he and I had been on a family trip to Disney World. We had not a great time together, him and I, while we were in the park that day. He ended up going back to the hotel before me and my family. Me and my mom, we stayed in Epcot. We drank at every country. We closed down the park. And then finally, we met back at the hotel with Marco as his name. My mom and my sister went to their room and I opened the door to mine and Marco's room. And I walked in and I was like, wow, it's really clean in here. I guess Marco got bored and cleaned up, or maybe this is like his white flag and we're finally going to work through this conflict we've both been avoiding. But upon further inspection, I realized it wasn't that he cleaned. It was that he just packed up all of his shit and was gone. The only thing that was left was this love note that I had written for him as like a bookmark. He took the book, but he left my little love note bookmark right on the nightstand. And when I saw that, I was flooded with all the emotions, anger, guilt, shame, pure rage. I couldn't be in the room anymore. So I ran down the hall and I went to my mom and my sister's room and I just blasted open the door and looked directly at them. They didn't even say anything. I was just like, what is wrong with me? Why is it that every time I try to give everything to the relationship, sacrificing, doing everything that I think I can to make that person feel loved, somehow I still feel abandoned. 
I still feel like I wasn't enough. And it was that moment of just absolute breakdown. Of course, I had a solid buzz too from all those (laughs) drinks in Epcot. So it was this perfect storm of finally just being like, I just got to let all this stuff come up instead of pushing it away. Let it be with me. And thankfully, my mom and my sister were there and they were really comforting. And it was in that moment that I realized there's nothing wrong with me. It's just that I don't have the skills to be able to have a healthy relationship. So what are those skills? Let's go out and learn them. And the internet is a fabulous place. (laughs) So I use my time in the quarantine to study. Well, what are green flags? How can I be a better communicator? What does it mean to be an emotionally intelligent person? And that's where I am today, trying to take all those skills, summarize it, and then digest it back to you so that you don't have to get your heart broken in order to get to that place. Mm, I love that. So can I ask then, why do you think you felt those things? The fear of abandonment, feeling like you aren't enough for relationship. Where did that stem from? Okay, so 5D and New Earth stuff. The point of view that I've been using to encapsulate a lot of changes and transformation that's been happening in my energy body as well as my physical world. So energetically, I personally feel like I am living out of my heart space a lot more. When I'm in my heart, I feel love for all things. There's no one that is shameful because we are all worthy. We're born worthy. And there's not really anything to be truly afraid of if I have a safe space to live. I have money. So all of the emotions that come from your lower chakras that are unhealthy expressions of your root sacral and solar plexus, fear, shame, loss of power, those things have been ruling our, quote, 3D world, if you subscribe to that story. Sure, sure. But in 5D, we're stepping into the heart space chakra more, which Mm, means that we can now visit those lower chakras with love. So therefore, our decisions aren't made out of safety. They're not made to cope or avoid feeling shame. They're not made to make us feel like we have some sense of control over our lives. That's how I was living my whole life, especially as an anxious person. I didn't think that I was worthy of love. So I basically manipulated my partner so that I could feel control, but they wouldn't leave me. But self-sabotage, they mostly found ways to escape and find their happiness. So I'm hoping that as we're all moving forward now, in whatever stage of life you're in, that if you're struggling, that if you can come back to a space of love, just reconnect with that heart space within yourself and start to view anything about your day, anything about your past or your dreams. If you can view it through that lens of love, then you can start to see, hey, wait, why am I so afraid of being ashamed? Everyone is equal and worthy in the oneness of the universe. There's nothing to be ashamed of. And hopefully you'll start to untie all of those beliefs that haven't been helping you get what you want in the dating world. And you'll start to say, I'm allowed to believe that I'm worthy and I'm allowed to show up on a date confident and full of myself in the best way possible because I am allowed to get the love that I've been wanting. Oh, I love that change in perspective. I feel like there's a lot of power in that. Just saying the words out loud can really prove to be very beneficial for all of us, really. So you've written a book. Can we talk about your book? 
I would love to. So that guy that I was in that situation with where... Marco. Yes, Marco. Thank you. There's a little lapse in the story that I just want to fill in before we get to the book part. That was at the beginning of January that he and I parted ways. And we know COVID hit around March. So I had several months to work through all of my emotions, just let everything that I had been avoiding, all the shame, fear, all that icky stuff, just let it sit with me so that I could learn from it. And the one thing that came up so strongly, the one thing that had been causing me so much shame was that I actually, since probably middle school, high school, I wanted to be with a woman. I wanted to date women. I wanted to kiss women. I even hit on women, even though I still identified as straight. So I let that person come out and I was like, hey, I'm going to go out and date women. Let's see. I'm in this phase of curiosity. Let me go out. I met this amazing girl tiny little five foot one thing, so spunky. And I was just head over heels so much so that I not intentionally, but I subconsciously forgot to maintain the awareness of all the things that I had just learned. I was like, how could something that feels this good be wrong? Like there's no need to investigate. And I just kept going with her thinking that it was probably just the sexuality puzzle piece that I was missing and not anything to do with childhood trauma or unmet needs. No, definitely not. (laughs) But wouldn't you know that all the same problems happened again, the communication failures, the lack of boundaries, resentment built up. So when that relationship ended, again, very similar to the way that things ended with Marco, I was like, okay, awareness isn't enough. It's fine if I know that I'm the toxic one. Great. But if I'm not doing anything actively and consistently to make new choices, then I'm just going to keep defaulting to these like almost coping mechanisms that I've been doing my whole life. Sure. So that's when I decided to make a form because I'm like an organizational person too. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> so I printed out this form for myself that I would fill out after I went back out on dates to be like, Lauren, you know what you need to look for. You know where your patterns tend to go off track and you know the type of person that you're not looking for. So make sure that you get all your ducks in a row here. I would go out on a date. I'd spend like 15 minutes filling out my form And I did that like a dozen times and I felt so much better. I felt like I wasn't going to get blindsided anymore. If there were red flags, I knew that even if I didn't catch them right away, I would catch them eventually because I would fill out that form no matter how many dates I went on with the same person. It was building a habit of reflection to make sure that I'm not just going to go along for the ride. I'm going to make sure that I'm moving intentionally in the direction of my standards and what I really want to create for myself in the future. Yeah, I love that. So it worked so well that I made it a book. I called a therapist that I had read her book. It was a book on self-love. And I was like, I feel like I need to make sure that this isn't going to just work for me, that it would work for more people. And she helped me make sure that we could combine what I had already started with some evidence-based therapies. And now it's a book on Amazon and an app. Oh, why? That's fantastic. Okay. Yeah. Evidence-based ideologies, like one of my love languages, being a nurse. (laughs) Well, I think it also just helps to satisfy that skeptical brain. But anyways, back to what we're talking about. 
Let me ask you this first, because when you were explaining it, I'm just picturing almost like an interview. (laughs) You're sitting there filling out your form at the date. Do you do it after the date? (laughs) Yes, most definitely after the date. So that's another benefit of having this reflection time carved out because Uh it allowed me to just be in the moment more with the person. Because a lot of times the old me would be on a date and I'd be trying to keep track of everything in my brain and I would be making judgments of like, oh, Mm. I don't know if he or she said that, maybe we aren't going to be good for each other. And it clouded my open-mindedness about how maybe we could be, but I'm not allowing that because I'm holding this person in judgment. So I would just be present, be in my body, pay attention to my senses and energetically make sure that you're connected. Do all the things that you need to do to feel authentically present with your date, knowing that when you come home, that's your time. That's when you can ask yourself questions like, well, are our values aligned? And does it seem like long-term we would want the same things in a family if you both want families? Do you feel safe when you were present and in that moment and in touch with your body? Were certain emotions coming up? Or was your body getting tense or feeling uncomfortable in any way? And was that just a normal effect of just being on a date? Because dating is scientifically stressful. Cortisol is released. Or was it because your body is trying to warn you that maybe this feels like something in the past that wasn't safe? Or maybe there's an insecurity coming up that needs to communicate or ask something so that you can get the reassurance you need to feel safe. That's great. Once you've established the date, right, then you can talk to the person, mingle with them, feel their energy, da da da, and then reflect on it afterwards. Have you noticed that no matter how hard you try to release attachments, heal traumas, and change your life, you still feel as if you don't belong? There is a reason and a solution for this. Join award-winning actor, comedian, and best-selling author Kyle Cease and learn how to immerse yourself in a new way of being at From Lonely to Free, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org thrive. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. What about the pattern of just being physically drawn towards the same quote unquote type of person and then finding that there's a pattern there? So basically the pattern starting with, well, I only like a certain type of person. 
And again, I'm generalizing, but what if that type of person tends to bring out the same patterns in you? So then how do you go about explaining to somebody, do you just tell them to broaden their dating horizons? Yeah, definitely. I think that's the great thing about doing this journaling practice long term is you start to be able to compare what is a good date? What does chemistry feel like? And did chemistry actually matter? Did you find that ultimately you enjoyed or found more long-term compatibility with someone that actually wasn't setting your panties on fire the second your eyes met? Sometimes all of that chemistry actually clouds things, like in the case of me with the first girl that I dated that I told you about. Because I was so sexually into it, I stopped caring about asking the logical questions that are very important on choosing the person that you could potentially be spending large chunks of your life with. Mm -hmm. So one of the questions to really further illustrate this in the journal is an evaluation. Imagine a little smiley face in the book, it's blank. And you get to say, did you have a very smiley time, a neutral time, like meh, or sad face? There's four different things that you rate. One of them is attraction. When we think about rating some random person as how attractive were they, that can feel superficial. That's not the intention of this question. The intention is every time you've done that, 20 times, 50 times even, in the grand scheme of your experience of dating that person, how much did that smiley face or the frowny face actually weigh into how much you actually wanted to see them again. You start to understand what's actually important to you in a partner. And you're also making space to investigate, for example, when you go to choose whether or not you want to see them again, you're able Mm. to ask yourself why in that place of reflection so that it's not just something instinctual, like, oh, I don't want to see them again because they were only five foot five and I like to date tall men. No, if you go to sit down and that's your excuse that you're writing down in the box for why five times in a row, I think you'd probably be like, oh, crap, I'm really ditching these guys because of height. Is that really that important to me? Or is there another reason there that I keep sending them away? Or why is it that height's important to me? If that's true, fine. If that's really important to you, I'm not trying to judge you in that sense. Just make sure that that's not stopping you from finding qualities that you actually need to get your deeper needs met. I can see the importance of filling out this form early on in the dating process when there's not as much emotional investment into the relationship. And so we're not justifying things or our judgment is cloudy. Mm -hmm. Are there follow-up forms? (laughs) Follow-up forms. What do you mean by that? I love this idea. I know. So you do that initial size up, initial form where you reflect at the beginning. But what about maintenance or just a check-in on how things are going? As people get more comfortable, people change, honeymoon phase goes by, we start to look at a relationship differently. Well, I'm glad you asked that. You can use this journal as a check-in. However, I'm actually working on my second book. Oh, (laughs) And it's for that. It's for people that are in relationships. You can use it. If you're a couple, you can use it just to celebrate friendships or your family. It's called Harvesting Love. And it's essentially every day you open the book and you just celebrate someone that you love in your life. So love it. Stay tuned for that. But I would say you don't have to wait for that book to get my answer. I'll try to answer it here with you now. If you're feeling like you've been with someone for a little while 
And you want to just do a serious check-in to be like, okay, maybe I'm feeling some ambivalence, a little bit of doubt. Things aren't as sparkly as they were in the honeymoon phase. And I'm starting to get freaked out that things are, quote, boring. Does that mean there's something wrong? You know how we all get to this phase, right? So just, I would say, take out a blank piece of paper and start to check in with your emotions. What are you afraid of? What is it that feels uncomfortable to you? Was there something in your past that when you had this discomfort before led to something that was painful or hurtful? Or is it just that you're scared because you're finally opening your heart up? How can you help yourself feel more comforted in this moment? Maybe that means going for a bubble bath. Maybe that means doing some meditation. Or maybe it means just going to your partner and say, are you also uncomfortable? Because this is really getting real for me and I'm having a hard time. (laughs) Can we talk through this? And that might help. Not saying that you have to, but that reflection time isn't necessarily so much an exercise to determine whether you should leave or stay, but more so just a check-in on yourself that says, what do I need right now to come back to love and to come back to joy with this person? And if that joy is not possible and not being able to be found with them, yeah, then leave. But take the time. Check it out. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So you mentioned that the app was also born from the book that you wrote. Is that correct? Yeah, it's totally free. It's the same questions that are in the book. The book itself has a lot more explanation about why we're asking the questions. It has all that evidence-based research to explain how it all works. The app is literally a log. So if you just want to experiment and start your practice, you can download the Meditate Journal in the Google or Apple Play stores. Go out on your date. Before you leave the parking lot, you can just open up your phone and take five minutes to answer those questions in this app. Ooh, that's fantastic. The convenience makes it so much easier to take that time to do so. So we'll make sure we have all those links and everything in the show notes so that people can access that very easily. Can we talk about your podcast? So what is your podcast about? I made the podcast to share all of my mindful dating lessons. It's called Date in Peace. And it's primarily for anybody that is an anxious dater, has an anxious attachment style. We talk about how to reduce the stress of dating. And we use a lot of mindfulness skills to do that. It's also a place where I like to share my coming out story. So if any of you are feeling like you want to explore your sexuality, or if you just want to hear other amazing LGBTQ plus community members share their stories, you can come and check us out there. Date and peace. So you mentioned anxiety attachment style. Are there others? Yes. There's an avoidant attachment style, disorganized, or the one that we would all feel most peaceful in, secure attachment style. Ah, got it. Okay. I imagine each attachment style has a different route. (laughs) Yeah. We have all of our unique, but still generally similar ways of coping when we start to get scared or we start to feel those unpleasant emotions coming up. So for me as an anxious person, if I feel some insecurity in the connection with someone, I start to act out in ways to get them to come back to me. Like, oh, you didn't call me all day. What's wrong? Mm. Let me do something crazy to make sure that you still like me. Oh, sure, sure. And avoidant person, they might feel that when their attachment doesn't feel so great or doesn't feel so safe anymore, they regain a sense of safety, not by acting out to reconnect, but by disconnecting. They need a little bit of time alone to feel safe. 
the disconnected people, they do a whole bunch of different things to feel safe, but we're all the same. We just want to connect. We want to feel loved, seen and heard. And it's just a matter of learning how to soothe yourself in those moments when you're starting to feel anxious or feel scared and say, Hey, I'm okay. I'm lovable. And all I have to do now is take a deep breath and figure out what it is I need to do next to move myself forward in a peaceful way. That's going to also be peaceful for my partner. Yeah, you're right. Really, it just comes down to we all just want to feel safe. So however we get there, well, maybe depend on how we respond to that. But yeah, we all just want to feel safe. Would you mind sharing a little bit about your coming out story here? Yeah, sure. Well, actually, I think I already told you it. It was because, (laughs) yeah, Marco and I split up. And that's when I realized like, oh, crap, I've always wanted to date women. I'll tell you this one story from high school because it's funnier. I was friends with this girl who was older than me. And she and I were telling our moms that we were going to sleep over at each other's houses. But what we really were going to do was I was going to drive us to a party at one of our friend's houses. Well, the party never happened because that kid got in trouble or something. Uh So we had nowhere to sleep. (laughs) So I was like, okay, fine. We'll just have like a sleepover in my car put the seats down in the back. We had no blankets, no pillows. And it was like 8.30 at night. And we had a little half a bottle of liquor that we had stolen out of our parents' liquor cabinets. And we were just bored and she was gorgeous. And at one point I did that thing where I was like, wouldn't it be fun if we made out? And she was like, take me home. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I guess not. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So little things like that, where I've just always had a curiosity and I was just magnetized to women, but it never worked out. And that's okay. Sure. Everything happened in divine timing because it helped me to step into this new path. And hopefully I can help other people see that there's nothing shameful about desire or sexuality. And that when you can own that part of yourself, you open up a whole new world of possibilities. My worthiness skyrocketed when I gave myself permission to publicly say, I think women are sexy. It was very healing in that sense. So where are you now, Lauren, with your dating and everything like that? I'm still joyfully and mindfully swiping. Love that. It feels like I'm going through this weird transition And I also don't know how much you follow astrology, but I've been feeling a huge feminine energy return over the last couple of months. Ah. When I came out and dated that girl that I told you about, that was when I was 33 and I am now 37. So since that time, I've only been dating women. And all of a sudden, I've been feeling this like goddess energy returning to me, some softness. And I'm just being like, oh my God, I kind of want to date men again. So it's been a really interesting shift. I'm now swiping on men and I'm like, holy cow, like I really thought I was a lesbian for a hot second. And I'm like, no, (laughs) just kidding. I like all people. So that's where I'm at. I'm just going back out in the world and trying to be as balanced and trusting and as much Lauren as I possibly can and see who resonates. Well, that's fantastic. And good luck to you on that journey. Thanks. So Lauren, to help wrap up our amazing interview, I was wondering, I know we've talked a lot about your past already and where you're going, but what advice would the Lauren of today give the Lauren from her past? Mm, I would say focus on cultivating peace and joy in the present moment. A lot of times the Lauren of the past would say, oh, if I could only be this, or if I could only achieve that, then I'll finally be worthy. But 
if you allow yourself to receive joy in this present moment, no matter how much money is in your bank account or how many people you have in your hinge inbox, you are giving yourself permission to receive abundance. You are telling yourself, I'm worthy of being happy and feeling loved now. And that if you can maintain that every day you wake up and say, joy and peace is my number one priority, you're going to get more of that tomorrow. And even if you go out on a date that's not your match, you're going to enjoy it. And isn't that the point of life? To just be happy? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Be happy, playful, and have fun. Oh, well, Lauren, thank you so much for that wonderful advice. And thank you so much for sharing your story and your vulnerability with us. I really appreciate you. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for letting me show up and share my authentic story. Thanks, Laura. And that was another episode of a Guided Life podcast. To connect with me via my socials or for links to my book titled Guided or my card deck called From Your Spirit Guides, please visit my Linktree site at l-i-n-k-t-r dot e-e forward slash guided west. Thanks so much for tuning in. And until next time, love and light always. Hi, I'm Liz Winter and I have been a medium and a spiritual development teacher for over 30 years. On my podcast, All Aboard the Mediumship, I want to share the message with you that there is a wealth of love and comfort available to you from the spirit world. On my podcast, you can experience this comfort and peace for yourself through gentle guided meditations and helpful messages. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you never miss an episode. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.